everybody, and welcome back to Reclaiming Hope. This is Brenda Newton and Ben Hamilton here with our second episode. Yay, we made it. We did. Second episode. That's, that's good. It's so great. We are so excited to be here, you guys, um, just sharing stories, um, looking at circumstances that seem hopeless and mm. wrestling through how do we grasp hope here. Right. Um, I am particularly excited for today's episode because I'm going to be interviewing Ben here um, yep. and just exploring his story with chronic illness, um, mm. seeing how the Lord has met him there and what the Lord is teaching him um, around hope and just long-term ongoing illness. And yeah. so Ben would, let's just jump right in. Yeah. Um, would you kick us off and just share some history of your story with chronic illness? Yeah. Thanks Brenda. Um, well, first of all, so I'm 36 years old and, uh, my story, I guess my, the kind of the start of my journey with chronic illness began about a decade ago. So, um, so I just began to have some symptoms and really some, some kind of stomach GI, mm-hmm. like, difficulties that were uh, unexplained and just kind of the onset came out of nowhere. And um, so it just launched into, and, and, and as I'm telling the story, I feel like I got a phrase. So if anybody's listening is dealing with or dealt with chronic illness, or if you know someone who has, or maybe you don't, this is a good thing to know. It's often such a winding road of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's not like, Hey, I had this symptom. I went to the doc the next day and then I got, you know, right. I got all my answers and, and life was good. Um, Often these are months and years, uh, as in my case, of just um, longing for answers and getting sicker and sicker. So that was certainly my story. So in 2009, I began to just kind of um, get a little bit sicker. And then into 2010, you know, it was just kind of a lot of weight loss. And again, this stomach stuff, but it was spiraling into just dealing with a lot of widespread pain and fatigue. And I just kind of be laid out for seasons. And, um, met my wife in 2011. Um, so Mm -hmm. she kind of jumped in at the, at the front end, but still kind of very much in the middle of this. And, um, you know, amazing woman looked at, you know, even with all the unknowns, we know we knew something was off, but she still said, I wanted in on that. And so, um, we began to walk together. We were married within a year and, um, headed to seminary by 2013. So this has kind of been four years now into this, but still getting sicker. But, you know, I would have moments uh, or, you know, short seasons of doing okay, functional, but then I'd just, I'd crash again and Mm -hmm. I'd have just uh, a ton of of miserable symptoms and fatigue and be laid out in pain and all that sort of stuff. And so we moved to Orlando, Florida in, at the end of 2013 to start seminary with really a call on my life to uh, do vocational ministry, specifically preaching. So a lot of my experience in ministry up to that point had been from stage in that way. So a lot of, mm. a lot of preaching, a lot of affirmation there. So we kind of thought we were going into the season uh, and super excited about it to just be trained and invested in, and then be sent out to, to lead a, a church. And so kind of, you know, heart full of dreams, you know, new, newly married, go to Orlando, and then just the bottom falls out. And my health totally collapses and tanks uh, to the point where I can't function or do anything. I'm literally kind of bed or couch bound for months um, in excruciating pain. Um, I've now lost up to the tune of about 60 pounds. So, and I'm not a big wow. guy. I'm, you know, 5'10". And then I was kind of 185 pounds when I was in the military. And 
So I'd gotten down to like 125, just ribs and just really, really obviously unhealthy. Mm. And, but still no answers. And, um, you know, we had, we'd gotten some answers from doctors, but they were certainly insufficient because I continued to get sick and sick and sick. Uh, in 2014, um, God in his kindness um, provided a doc through the VA um, hospital mm-hmm. in Orlando who, uh, godly man, and he was just resolved to figure this thing out with me. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of 2014, I received um, what was the, the most important diagnosis that was missed, which was um, an inflammatory bowel disease. So if people have ever heard of Crohn's or ulcerative colitis, that's what I was diagnosed with. And so that was um, the root cause of a lot of my, um, obviously, weight loss. At that point, I'd suffered a lot of blood loss. Mm-hmm become anemic, excruciating pain, fatigue, malnourished, um, just, just miserable. And off of that spun, um, other health problems, uh, as often as the right. case with, um, autoimmune diseases, they usually kind of come in package mm-hmm. deals, um, which is unfortunate. So a lot of, uh, debilitating arthritis and, and, and those sorts of things. So this kind of we became aware of this. Okay, this is what we're facing. This is what we're dealing. We finally got this news in 2014. So almost five years in to this thing. Um, and my wife and I received this news and then began months of trial and error with medications. Mm. And that, um, is a commonly experienced thing in the chronic illness world as well. You know, so often there's this long stretch of trying to figure out what's wrong. And then once we figure out what's wrong, how best to treat it and what therapies, what combination of therapies um, to give this person the best chance to regain some measure of health. Um, so that that took a few months and, and, and many, many challenges, uh, a few hospitalizations. And uh, finally, in kind of the spring of 2015, uh, we began to see kind of some upwards momentum uh, mm. where medication began to um, kind of reduce the, um, the recurrence of my most debilitating symptoms. I was able to start putting back on a little bit of weight and just overall kind of get healthy, re-enter the world, you know, um, in, you know, working and my studies and all those sorts of things, a little bit more contributing more, you know, just to, um, my marriage and, and those sorts of things. So, um, so that was in 2015 and here we are 2020. So five years later, so the struggle still continues. I mean, right. it's kind of an up and down Ongoing. thing, um, but God has been gracious. He's restored, uh, a lot of health and function. Um, I still require, um, intense, uh, immunosuppressant medications, mm-hmm. which are, um, uh, a thing in and of themselves to experience. And, uh, and obviously, yeah, so carry this diagnosis barring, uh, God's miraculous intervention will be with us for life and, you know, presents right. certainly, um, uh, uncertainty in the future mm-hmm. with regards to recurrences, um, flare ups, complications and, and those sorts of things. So yeah, that's, that's kind of yeah. the, the historical, um, kind of timeline for that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, it's helpful to just get a bigger picture of what, chronic illness looks like specifically for you. Um, I want to spend a little more time looking back at this history. Mm -hmm. Um, and one thing I think of, like when we, when we talk about faith formation, um, there is a formal and a functional 
theology that we have. So formal, right, that's good, yeah. formal theology is like our head knowledge, what we uh-huh. believe, what we say we believe is true. And then functional is what we actually experience, what we actually live out. So first, yeah. could we talk about the formal theology? Like looking back, even at the first five years, like you're waiting for yeah. answers, you're trying to figure out what is going on with my body? Why am I in so much pain? Like mm. what kind of beliefs were you forming in that time? What were you believing about God? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Thank you. Um, well, I'll say this and we alluded in our first episode when we kind of just talked about some of the challenges when it comes to hope in difficult situations is the theological challenges mm-hmm. and some of the things we have to navigate and or avoid in our American Western culture. And so one of those things being bad theology, just, Mm -hmm. you know, um, honestly, and I certainly flirted with that in the beginning. So part of what's unique about my story is, um, around the same time I got, I I became sick was also the the same time the Lord drew me to himself and saved Mm. me. So there was this kind of parallel process of, I was keenly aware that I was being made new from the inside out, but then I was also ongoing, um, ongoingly aware that I was kind of wasting away, you know, from the outside in. And so, and I was my, my early Christian life. Um, I kind of had a hodgepodge of discipleship and, and I, I was around and experienced a lot of what I'll say, kind of the, the health and wealth um, gospel. And so, um, which is, Hey, that God only ever always, um, heals here and now. Um, and so anything else is, is, is not from God. God must not be involved or something. I mean, sometimes they don't really unpack, okay, where is God in this? If I'm then continuing to struggle, but so that became my first challenge. Um, Mm -hmm. and, Um, and so early on though, just, I think, um, God in his mercy just planted this, this question in my heart that became an anchor for my soul to really cause me to, uh, to wrestle with God and with the scripture, um, in in a really, really important way. And, um, so as I was trying to buy into this bad theology that, Hey, if I just have enough faith, this is going to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's what I'm being, you know, told. And that's, right. um, um, this question kept rising up in my soul of what if God is bigger than that? Mm. And it's a very strange question. Cause you know, first off, um, all your problems, problems going away. Sounds awesome. Right. Right. <laughs> like who, who doesn't want like, that? That sounds really nice. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but so this question of like, but what if God is bigger? It's like, so what is that? So it caused me to really wrestle with the Lord and with my Bible and really pressing like, okay, what does God say about Mm. difficulties and struggles? And you know, what can I pull from scripture? Like, is he in this? Yeah. Is he involved? And, and that question was like leading me to, okay, maybe there's something that God wants to do here. That's bigger. Uh, maybe a bigger story of healing, if you will, Mm -hmm. than just making all this go away. Um, and so, um, so that was kind of my, my early on wrestle, but it was a, a challenging one. Um, for sure. Because as I began to then kind of be convinced of God's sovereignty, so just the idea that God is all powerful. So, um, so he's never not involved in, in anything he's overseeing, you know, scripture talks about working all things according to the counsel of his will mm-hmm. and all these sorts of things that when you're in the middle of a mess, you know, aren't super 
comforting always, but, um, <laughs> but nevertheless, they're there and to be reconciled with. And so as I began to be convinced of this, that God is sovereign, he is in the midst of this story of my struggles and my health falling apart. He's doing something. Um, I would say the first big wrestle for me became with, okay, well then, is he, is he good? Um, mm. So like, I didn't question that he was powerful, even that he had saved me. God had saved me uh, from a dramatic change in just um, who I was to, to who I am today. I mean, it's a rebel as all get out and, and God saved me. And I was sure of that. And I was sure that he was um, all powerful, but I began to wrestle with, okay, um, but how do I reconcile that with my experiences? Because it's starting to feel like maybe I'm not seen. Right. Uh, maybe God doesn't care um, that I'm in pain and that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm struggling. So that, that became, I think the, the crux of my particular faith wrestle with mm-hmm. this kind of theological kind of head knowledge of, um, Hey, I believe these things, but I'm experiencing something so difficult over here that it's causing me to really wrestle with right. God's goodness in the midst of right. um, suffering. Cause I just don't see it right now. Like I don't see a lot of fruit coming from this, like in the middle of it. Right. Um, so, so yeah, that mm. was, that was a lot of the, the struggle yeah. in the beginning and really for several years and right. even leading into marriage and then my wife and I's journey with this through the beginning. I mean, it's, this took, this was probably a five to six year right. journey to really recognize that this was a problem, um, yeah. that I had literally gone to doubting or, you know, the scripture talks about God is a good father who gives good gifts. And I just kind of just began to just not really identify with that. Like mm-hmm. it just wasn't my experience because it, it seemed like everything up with what you're experiencing. Yeah. It seemed like for me and then for my wife and I, everything was being stripped away. I mean, so as my health mm-hmm. was being stripped away, so were career aspirations and dreams mm-hmm. and, and, and just the hopes of having a normal fun mm-hmm. marriage, you know, uh, in a fun place and like living in Florida near the beach. Like right. we were so excited and we were just, stuck in this mess and it seemed endless and right. so god's goodness really really felt elusive yeah for us in that time yeah yeah thank you for sharing honestly too like i know as christians we we know what we're supposed to believe like there are these truths that yeah. we know we need to cling to but our experience doesn't always line up and that it's so disorienting to be in that place of i know god is good and yeah. I know what he's able to do. Like I've, I've watched God do miracles and heal yeah, other he's, people. He's able. Yeah. And he saved me, right? right and that's like right. the greatest miracle of all. I mean, I was, right. here I was spiritually dead and he raised me to obvious new glorious life right. in him. And yet it's like, what does he care about this area of my life? Exactly. Yeah. It was a struggle. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Like, there's just such a tension there between our formal theology and our functional theology. So like what, what we know in our heads and what we experience in our daily lives. So even in, within that tension too, would you just share what hope looked like? Like as you're experiencing this disconnect from, I know God is good and I know what he's able to do, but this is also my ongoing struggle and this doesn't make sense. What did it look like for you to wrestle with hope in that? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. Um, so <clears throat> there was kind of this progressive um, 
what that looked like, what the Wrestle for Hope, it kind of it, it evolved over time. So in the beginning, it was fervent prayers for healing, right? Mm-hmm. And just yeah. um, um, receiving those prayers from others, like just it was um, praying for wisdom in our own um, search. And so, mm-hmm. you know, trying every, you know, holistic route and, you know, things like that. So a lot of our, uh, a lot of mine, a lot of our hopes were, um, kind of rooted in getting physically better. Yeah. Um, and you know, we talked about in the first week, distinguishing between kind of, uh, temporal and eternal hopes, you know, lowercase H and capital H. And so certainly I think the the wrestle in the beginning was primarily focused on those lowercase mm-hmm. uh, H hopes. Um, yeah. important, um, right? Like, um, meaningful and, and yet, uh, I think that's where the obsession grew. But then when, you know, years start to go by mm-hmm. and I'm not getting better, um, I start to lose energy for, you know, right. praying those same kinds Just of prayers. So and I remember getting to a point um, in, in, in 2014 in the beginning where um, the, like the wrestle, it looked more like silence and... Mm. Um, and despair, you know, yeah. and, and I think that's an important part of the process often. And people don't maybe think that sounds like wrestling, but it, it certainly was. I remember sitting in silence, um, countless nights on our porch or, you know, whenever I could get out of bed, just finding somewhere to sit and just in silence. And just, you know, these were times that I would, my heart would want to cry out to God and would want to pray but I just ran out of words. Mm-hmm. I ran out of prayers to pray. I remember, right. you know, night upon night and my wife and I trying to pray together and try to find some energy and words to, to pray to the Lord, to ask mm-hmm. God for him to intervene. And if we could get anything out at all, often it was just God help, mm-hmm. um, you know, through tears pouring down. And then you know, even after a time, like just those stopping, right. And, you know, tears right. and you just kind of become numb. And, um, but I remember, I, I remember uh, God meeting me uh, in those places. And one one time, I was sitting out just in in the dark, like literally in the dark and metaphorically in the dark, and spiritually in the dark. And the Lord just brought us a, a psalm to mind. And I went back inside and grabbed my Bible and read the psalm. And I don't remember what psalm it was, but you you see the theme over and over again throughout the book, where you can tell whoever's writing this psalm is stuck. Mm. And they're looking back. So they start um, in their time of lament, in their time of despair, they look back, they recount God's faithfulness, you know, from the past. And often, you know, kind of some uh, connection to the Exodus, right? To this this grand, like, um, salvation that the Lord did on behalf of Israel. <clears throat> and so one night I just remember, okay, um, so I'm, I'm brought here to the Psalm. And I, so I start doing that for myself and I found myself, um, writing an email to someone who was instrumental in my salvation story. And in that, um, so in just reaching out to them, saying hello, letting them know, Hey, here's where I'm at. We're really struggling, like, you know, asking for prayer, but, but really what began to flow out of my heart was a Psalm of just, I'm in despair. So I'm looking back, uh, for your faithfulness, God. And I see it cause you, you know, I never doubted that he saved me um, and that that was his love and goodness on display. So so after, you know, months of not being able to wrestle and just sitting in despair, God brought me to that place. And then it was shortly 
after that that I got the diagnosis and um, which was like the best bad news ever, right? Like yeah. I'll never forget that phone call and just dropping to my knees and weeping um, and like, oh yeah, I just got, you know, found out I had this chronic illness that's never going to be mm-hmm. cured and could cause a lot of complications. But yet I was rejoicing because I had an answer right. and the, the, the very words that followed up next were, and here's drugs, right? <laughs> right? And yes, amen. Thank There's you, Something Jesus. tangible finally. Yeah. And, and so, um, so I just, you know, God saw in that, in that moment, in that, um, that answer, God's sustaining grace all um, mm. you know, following me the whole way, following us, me and my wife, the whole way. So, um, yeah, so there was, there was a lot of despair. There was a lot of silence. There was a lot of confusion. Um, but, uh, God actually, um, brought me hope through meeting me in despair, um, mm-hmm. meeting me in silence and, um, carrying me back to places of lament in the scripture. Um, yeah. powerful, powerful place to be. I love that, Ben. Thank you for sharing just the honesty of the struggle. Like wrestle is a really appropriate word because it is Mm -hmm. a wrestle. Um, I would love to hear now too, um, God often works in and through his people to be instruments of hope in our lives in the midst of difficult circumstances. And so I would love to hear if you have an example of someone who was just a tangible instrument of hope in your life through the midst of this. Yeah. Well, um, I don't see how I could talk about anybody else other than my wife, uh, for this. Mm. Cause she just stands as the, um, the, the ultimate, you know, a- example and kind of <laughs> Christ figure in my life yes. at this time. Um, and, and still to this day. And it's for this simple reason she stayed mm. and um there's so much powerful and just um in presence yeah. and uh you know one of the things i learned in in my time in uh, uh you know this was years after this story and you know fast forwarding to 2017 when i became a hospital chaplain um was about the ministry of presence and so being yeah. with um with, with ill people and people facing end of life and just how powerful presence is. And so my wife, um, was, uh, an incredible uh, presence of just incarnational love and faithfulness for me throughout this whole Mm -hmm. thing. And, um, I'll remember, and, and I say that knowing that she struggled immensely throughout this. Um, she's super tough. She comes from a family of caretakers and so in some ways she didn't flinch at all whenever this happened. I mean, again, when we met, like we knew some things were off, but then it really tanked, uh, you know, a couple years into marriage and, um, she never flinched that I ever saw and you know, come to find out, you know, years later that, um, she, she struggled often a lot behind the scenes hmm. because she is human. Um, right. but, uh, but with me, she, she just, she, she only ever always moved toward me and she just, and she stayed. And wow. I remember countless nights of just not being able to get out of the bed and she would come home from work and she would just stand beside me, uh, in the bed as I was just writhing in pain, um, despairing of life itself. Mm-hmm. And she would just hold my hand and wipe tears from my eyes she didn't know what to say. I mean, we were both like, cause we were both right. in the middle of this place of despair, but she stood by me, held my hand and would just wipe tears from my eyes. And there was such grace in that. 
such grace. Um, she, her selfless love and presence and staying just became an anchor for my soul and just a constant reminder whenever it was like, where is God questioning God's goodness? And what is he up to? Where is this headed? And then I would experience, um, the staying power of my wife, joy and I'd be like, he's here. And so, um, she was incredible, um, just throughout the whole thing. And so I just, um, joy, I love you. Thank you. Mm. Um, she's yeah. amazing. Yeah, amazing. She is. Yes. You, I have also heard you say many times that empathy is such an important factor to you in your experience <laughs> of chronic illness. Um, so would yeah. you just share some examples of how empathy has impacted you? Yeah one clearly stands out so so again in the roughest part of this story in in um in 2014 uh was in seminary so i was in this you know insane christian bubble you know surrounded by um, people who have gone on to lead you know large churches and, and various ministries and things and people who are studying theology and counseling and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and so just incredible incredible people <clears throat> not always the best place to receive empathy though like it's just just it's amazing and i I, um, we drew attention to this in our first episode. We have an empathy problem. It's mm-hmm. just, it doesn't come naturally to us. But I remember, um, so shortly after I got my diagnosis and I was able to start coming back um, on campus to classes, I uh, ran into uh, my buddy Chris in one of the classrooms and he knew what was going on. Um, I know everybody was worried about me praying for me. Um, we received a lot of grace and kindness and just different acts of, of generosity from different people at the time, but I'll never forget walking into this classroom. And yes, I was, I was able to, you know, get out of bed. Now I had medication. I was steroid power shout out. Uh, (laughs) and you know, I was back on campus, but the future was still so uncertain and I was still in such a place of depression and despair. And my buddy just asked how I was doing. And at, at this point I did, I had run out of, uh, the ability to, f- to fake it. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I looked awful. <laughs> I mean, people knew what was going on. I had, I had There's no hiding it. Anymore. There was no hiding it anymore. Yeah. And so I just kind of vomited on this guy, just like, um, you know, I'm here, but I'm dude, I'm really struggling. I don't know where this is headed. I'm kind of scared. Um, mm-hmm. you know, this is big stuff. There's talk of medications that are super intimidating and all this sort of stuff. And of course, and I was crying as I told him this, cause, uh, you know, once I got this, this diagnosis, I, I didn't like stop crying for like four weeks. I don't think like it just, it just poured out of me. It was like, I was riding this wave and just this, this numbness, you know, that kind of set in, uh, in the middle of 2014. And then when I got this diagnosis, this wave just toppled over me right. and just everything it's came pouring out. out. It was just pouring out. And so poor Chris, so I just, just kind of lay this out before him, but I'll never forget Brenda, as I did this, this brother, um, sitting there just locked eyes with me. He never flinched. Mm. He, he just, he, he looked at me with such concern and care and his eyes just began to well up in tears. And it was like, I was looking into the eyes of Christ. I mean, it's just mm. like, just, just so tender and just, um, and it was calming to my soul, just, yeah. just being in the presence of another brother who would just hold that, you know, genuine empathy. Yeah. And, and I think the only words like that eventually came out of his mouth were brother, I'm so sorry. Um, 
And that was, I mean, he didn't need to say anything, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and that's like empathy doesn't always, you know, it can't be translated directly into words. Mm -hmm. Like, um, it is about that, that non-judgmental presence and just moving toward in compassion and care. And so Chris modeled that, that, and like that, that became an anchor again, just like my wife's constant faithful presence beside me. Um, Chris, uh, Chris demonstrating empathy toward me. And that just became, these became markers of here was God's presence in this story. Um, and so forever grateful for him. And there was other people that the Lord used for sure, but that one always stands out to me. So good. Praise God for people like Joy and like Chris. Yeah. Like we need them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. So we've kind of spent some time looking back and this story of yours, you're, you're still living in the unfinished story. You're still in the messy middle. Yeah. So I want to spend some time looking at the here and now and looking ahead mm. with you. Um, as this is an ongoing battle, where do you find yourself still wrestling to grasp hope. Yeah. Um, well, so as um, anyone with chronic illness would know, when you receive a diagnosis with, you know, seemingly no expiration date, like this is, hey, this is lifelong, this is incurable, at least as it stands right now in modern medicine, um, there's always some element of uncertainty and fear out there, you know, regardless of, um, how confident, you know, I've, mm-hmm. I've grown over the years and just hey, God's got me. Uh, there's still that unknown and there's still this reality as I continue to have, and I usually have still two or three episodes a year where I, you know, end up in the mm-hmm. ER, I need kind of some, um, some additional therapy or, right. or medications or stuff to kind of give me a boost because just, um, those things start happening again, but I just recover by God's grace in the last few years much quicker than, than I used to. Um, but I'll say my, my ongoing wrestle for hope, I, I think just takes me to, to second Corinthians four is, um, you know, we get this uh, picture where the apostle says, so we, we do not lose heart though. Our outward self is wasting away. Our mm-hmm. inner self is being renewed day by day. And so that's my reality, right? Is, you know, even though um, the Lord's been merciful and I enjoy longer stretches of remission now, Mm -hmm. um, I'm still wasting away. um, And we still have uncertainty in the future. um, But my inner self, my my life with Christ, you know, the eternal capital H hope, um, you know, Christ in me, me and him, is being renewed day by day. And so, um, and it, the next words are for this light momentary affliction, which, you know, uh, I've always wanted, so light. You know, <laughs> I've always just kind of wanted to shake Paul when he read this, but, but then I was like, no, that came from the Holy spirit. So, you know, I right. just need to listen. Um, you know, cause some, it doesn't feel light and momentary right. sometimes. Right. And chronic illness is certainly one of those things. Um, but, but that's why the next part is important is preparing us for an internal weight of glory beyond all comparison mm-hmm. as we look to the, uh, not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen for the things that are seen are transient, uh, meaning temporal, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So really holding those things in tension that yes, this mm-hmm. is ongoing. There's still uncertainty, but I also simultaneously have this beautiful inner reality and eternal capital H hope mm-hmm. that is eternal and nothing, no chronic illness or disease can touch. And so, um, and that, 
beautiful promise is being renewed day by day um, as I walk with Jesus and he walks with me mm-hmm. and um, and I press into the word and uh, and the Holy Spirit um, just continues to minister to me in that way and use all these other instruments you know that's ongoing right, right? like right. so um, so but that's certainly it, it's it's an ongoing mm-hmm. wrestle for hope because I'll, I'll get in a bad place and discouragement will set in I'll have fears creep in and I've got to do that wrestling kind of sometimes all over again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've seen God's faithfulness in right. the past and I pull from that and I continue to, to press on and I lean on others when I can't do it myself. So. Yes. I love your acknowledgement too of the Lord's faithfulness through this, like the process of hope, the wrestle of hope is so messy and it's not a clear cut process. Like we, it's all over the place. It's, it's, it doesn't always make sense, but I love that you can acknowledge the Lord's faithfulness in the midst of that. Like Hmm. he is the one who sustains you. He is the one who enables you to wrestle. Um, he's the one that supplies the faith to continue engaging in the wrestle. Um, so I think that's just foundational in this process of hope. Yeah. Um, as you look back to the beginning of this story, like when chronic illness was just starting to unfold before you had answers as things are starting to fall apart, what do you wish you knew then that you know now? Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a difficult question for me actually. Um, Well, I, I certainly, you know, cause I don't want to, I, I think one of the risks is, um, despising the journey, mm-hmm. um, when you're, you know, sitting in this place and you're kind of looking back and you feel at least a little bit removed from the, uh, the messiest of the mess. Right. Um, and I, so, um, so I'm feeling that tension. I, I, because I'm very thankful in those gut-wrenching years for um, what all God did and even what that took. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wish I uh, knew more about um, patience, I guess, Mm. (laughs) Uh, just in, in the beginning. And so I think, and I think that's, that's most obvious to me because whenever I'm, counseling and walking with people, which I've had the privilege of doing, um, the, the hard privilege of doing, um, over the last few years who are kind of just starting out in that place, like where I was, um, is that's really where a lot of my coaching is, is kind of coming is just trying to, um, encourage them to continually to receive grace and give grace to themselves. Mm. Um, because, you know, sometimes these things are long drawn out kind of messy stories mm. And so, um, yeah, so I wish I kind of, you know, knew a little bit more about patience then. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's the tricky thing about patience, isn't it? Is it's like, it's it's not a, it's not something we download like, Ooh, I want patience. So, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. downloading patience, like that's not it. It's It's usually through resistance that we, it's a refining process. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but certainly that feels like it would have spared, you know, some of the, uh, the misery along the way, just the, the self-inflicted, you mm-hmm. know, um, misery, but yeah. I appreciate your answer to like, I don't know what I was expecting you to say, but 
I think when I when I think of that question in my own life, a lot of times my answer is more, I wish I had a certain, or I wish I had a better theology. I wish I had a better, or I, just something about circumstances or something intellectual to hold on to. Hmm. Um, but I, I love that your answer wasn't, I wish I knew more of something. Like, I just wish, it, it's just this experience of, I think with patience, I'm even struggling to put this in words, but I think your answer of patience shows a level of trust that I admire and respect mm. in you. I, I'm a little envious of um, just the reality mm. of, yeah, it's not about my circumstances getting better. It's not about me figuring God out. It's about me trusting God and being patient in this process. And I just, that mm. is really cool to me. Yeah. Well, that, that was a journey. So, um, <laughs> it's certainly wasn't always like that. Uh, but yeah. yeah, thanks be to God. What else would you say to other people who find themselves in similar situations or even those people who are walking alongside those with chronic illness or ongoing suffering? Yeah. How, what kind of coaching or encouragement would you offer? Yeah. So I'm keenly aware of just the the isolating nature of um, really a lot of struggles, but mm -hmm. we're, we're talking about chronic illness, so we'll just stay there this week. Um, but the isolating nature of that where, um, so, you know, people with chronic illness were quarantining before quarantining was a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because like, right. we just, you know, it's just, you know, becomes part of our life. You're a um, pro at this. Yeah, I'm, I'm a pro <laughs> at this. So 2020 hadn't been uh, too stressful <laughs> on me on that front. But, um, but there is an inherent uh, danger in that of, of intentionally, you know, isolating yourself from, from others. And so we still, we were created for community. We are created in the image of God who internally exists in community. Um, you know, one of the first observations God gives about um, his creation and mankind is it's not good for man to be alone. Mm -hmm. And so though these things do have a way of kind of um, isolating you to some degree, be it you have to stay at home or you're in a hospital, you know, or something like that because of your illness for a long stretch of time. Um, just like we've been now preaching to everyone in this season of quarantine, you know, just mm -hmm. for ongoing social and mental health, yeah. um, do not disconnect from the body. Do not mm -hmm. disconnect from other people. Um, give yourselves an opportunity to experience the powerful grace of empathy and, and presence, even if that's in a phone call or a zoom, you know, just depending on, you know, your situation, if you're living alone or whatever that looks like, yeah. um, such, such grace. I think God intends to pour out through his people during those seasons. Um, and that he wants to. And so I experienced that, like the Lord loves to, um, to come and says he, he's uh, close to the brokenhearted and, mm -hmm. and saves the crushed in spirit. So God longs to come to those who are in to these places. So don't shut yourself out all the way. So I know there's challenges, um, but still reach out, um, find those safe people in your life who you can connect with, um, and share, you know, the, even just the mess, right? Just, mm -hmm. just let people into that. Just trust, um, mm -hmm. trust people with that. And in doing so know that the, the ultimate struggle there is uh, trusting God mm. in that moment is trusting God to look after you and care for you enough to send right. the right messengers mm. um, of his grace and presence into your life. So 
Um, so I would say that because it's, it's so lonely mm. to, to walk through this on its own. So don't, um, don't give that any extra fuel, uh, by, by shutting yourself out. So, um, so reach out. And then if you're, if you're near those, so if maybe you're not in this, but you're, you're maybe you're like my wife or, mm-hmm. um, you know, those others who are around people who are going through this thing. Um, you know, certainly I think chronic illness is just becoming a lot more widespread mm-hmm. and, and, and understood and out there though. It still feels, um, like there's certainly some stigmas and shame associated right. with these kind of quote unquote invisible illness, uh, realities. But I would just say, um, don't underestimate the power of your presence mm. and empathy, right? So it's yeah. kind of like the same um, counsel that I would give to both parties. Um, don't underestimate just the power of your presence mm. and listening, um, not responding. So oftentimes I think the struggle isn't in, um, uh, you know, what to say, it's what not to say. Right. Um, so don't be quick to offer advice. Don't be mm-hmm. quick to point them to a website or resources or mm-hmm. essential oils or, you know, <laughs> that happens. It's happened. Yeah, so, yeah. um, you know, or any of those things, be present, be just right. be, be a listener, um, sit with them in their brokenness. You know, uh, the, mm-hmm. the classic saying is, you know, Job's comforters, were phenomenal until they opened their mouths. Right? Exactly, <laughs> like they, exactly. Like when they just sat with him in the sorrow and the despair and were present and mm-hmm. there's so much grace in that. So um, so if you're one of those who God has intentionally placed, so recognize if you're near someone, God has intentionally placed you there to be a conduit of his grace and empathy and presence. And so you do that by moving toward, not, you know, not withdrawing. So, mm-hmm. um, and if you don't understand, like ask questions, so yeah. questions can be a lot more helpful than statements um, mm-hmm. when you're walking with somebody through this because there is a lot of internal processing and and just, you know, like what happened with my brother Chris, just kind of just verbal, like vomiting mm-hmm. that just needs to happen right. with people who are in these boats. And so, uh, so my prayer for each one of those who is God places around someone who's struggling with chronic illness is that um, they would recognize um, their, their role in, and, and help, helping facilitate mm-hmm. that and not be intimidated by it, not be fearful yeah. of it. Um, but just again, trust God, um, mm-hmm. by entrusting yourself to someone who's struggling and suffering and move toward them and, um, and just be curious about what, what's, what's the bigger story God is writing here. And, uh, over time, uh, by God's grace, you may just get to walk with that brother or sister and see that play out. Mm-hmm. And, what an incredible privilege um, that is. So helpful. Thank you, Ben. Um, I love getting a glimpse into your life, um, just seeing how the Lord is redeeming so much. He's taking ashes and giving you, exchanging them for beauty. And he's yeah. taking your weakness and your brokenness and growing a ministry from that place. And mm. I just, I'm so grateful to see that. I mean, that is the work our Lord does. And Amen. it's it's right. so encouraging to get a glimpse into your life as my brother. Like, I'm personally encouraged by this. Um, and I hope that our listeners, too, um, I hope you guys can find encouragement and just hearing a little bit of Ben's story, um, hearing how he is on an ongoing basis wrestling with hope and trusting God in right. all of this uncertainty and the continued what-ifs and unknowns. 
um, hope is messy. It's complicated. It's not That's black right. and white. Um, but I think this is just such a beautiful and helpful um, narrative and story that God is writing that helps us understand what does it look like to walk in hope, to reclaim hope in a situation yeah. that the world would say is rather hopeless. Um, so Ben, thank you again for just sharing vulnerably and honestly with us. Um, mm. Guys, I'm so excited for just our upcoming episodes in this podcast as well. We just have more stories um, like Ben's where we're going to look at circumstances that seem hopeless and yeah. wrestle together. How do we find hope here? Right. Um, so Ben and I are really looking forward to more conversations just like this one. Um, and we will be looking forward to talking with you guys soon. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Brenda. We'll talk to you all soon.